going to see this clip, but when did you discover Anthony and know he would be the perfect fit for you with you? Well, look, you know, I, I, I had a very successful show on Long Island by myself. Uh, I was doing nights at WBAB, and uh, the OJ trial was everything. And I, I, I had a whole cast of characters coming in every single night. What year? What year was this? Uh, 95-ish, somewhere around okay. there. And, okay. um, and then we, uh, we were doing a lot of material on the OJ thing, and I had started uh, asking for song parodies. And Anthony's band, uh, Rot Cut, uh, you know, gave me a song. It was his brother Joe, actually. Knocked on the back door, said, hey, man, I hear you looking for songs for, uh, you know, the OJ thing here. This is my band, Rock Gun. I'm like, all right, thanks. I was getting I was getting cassettes from everybody, all the all the bands all over Long Island. And uh, so I didn't think anything of it, to be honest with you. I was just like, oh, another band giving me a cassette. And uh, I uh, I listened to it and went, oh, my God. It was an amazing song. It was called Good Electric Shock OJ. And we played it, the phones, and, and what the F was that? What band is that? And I was playing a ton of other people's song parodies, but didn't get that reaction at all. So then uh, as I was doing my show night after night, people started requesting the damn thing. It became uh, highly requested. And then um, and then I, I said, man, I got to get these guys on because now they got a little fame off their one song. And Anthony came in. Um, and uh, I turned on the mic and I uh, I went, oh, holy crap. Where has this guy been? He was already in his 30s. I'm like, why aren't you doing this? We had instant chemistry. And uh, that first show that I did, even though years later, Patrice and the gang made fun of it. But uh, for the time, it was insanely good. And that was the tape that I shopped around to, um, to these other radio stations and, and Boston Bit. So when when do you well, start? They actually the hired us. Sorry, they hired us to do a show in Boston based on the first show I ever did with Anthony. We didn't even we didn't even need to hone anything. So when when did you start getting affiliates? Um, well, that man, I just told that story in the live stream. It's very complicated, but um, Q one hundred four here in New York, they want us to go up against Howard Stern back in around two thousand, mm -hmm. and. Uh, we're like, we're ready. We're ready, bitches. And we were we were pretty much out the door. And then the company came to us and was like, whoa, hey, we we have the right to match. And we, uh, we're sorry that we haven't taken care of you to this point and blah, 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 which is funny because a couple weeks earlier they said we can't syndicate you. And I'm like, all right. So I, I went to them and said, Q104 is going to put us on mornings up against Howard Stern. And they're going to uh, they're going to give us uh, affiliates. We're going to be heard in other cities. Next thing you know, they opened up uh, the doors and gave us everything uh, to stay. Uh, so that was around 2000. So let me ask you this for, from a radio nerd point of view. Like when Stern went to S Sirius XM, they gave it to David Lee Roth. They gave it to Adam Carolla, Rover, and somebody else. I forgot. But like, were you guys a part of that cluster or you had your own thing? Um, so when David Lee Roth failed miserably in mornings, which is a shame. Miserably. Because because a personality like that should have worked, but radio has a way of like putting you in a box and not allowing the personality to be a personality. If I was, if I was running that station and I had David Lee Roth, cause he ended up doing our show. He was unbelievable. Every time right. he came in, he would be just like out of his mind. He had stories for days. He was great. I would have said, just turn on the mic and you know, you have to stop for commercials. Obviously, you know, radio. I would just, I would have just like had an engineer just stop him in mid talk 
Don't structure him at all. Play the stupid commercials and then turn the mic on and he wouldn't even care. He'd still be babbling about something. And that that show should have worked. But when he failed miserably, then the company that fired us for Sex for Sam, they came uh, calling and they wanted us to do do mornings uh, uh, after David Lee Roth. So they kind of, I think they chopped up the markets and I think we were part of that. I think they gave us um, a few of them and then they gave some of the other guys a few, I believe. Where are you originally from? I know you, you lived in Rochester for a minute, but where are you originally from? I'm originally from uh, Huntington, Long Island. And then I went on a little radio journey and then I finally came back here in uh, 1998. So how did you and Brother Weeze become like connected? I... Uh... I, 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 you know, I got into radio at a very young age. I, I don't say the age anymore because that's another thing they make no. fun of me for. It's Anthony. It's he's a fucking douchebag. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I tell people that I've been doing this since I was eighteen. It, that's something to brag about. Like I, I knew what I wanted to do when I was eighteen years old. How many people know what they want to do at eighteen years old? So it took me to Geneseo, uh, which was a you know a, a communications college, a SUNY school. And then um, I was uh, uh, doing college radio, and then I was a fraternity brother. I was a Phi, uh, phi Sig on top of um, uh, Center Street there. And one day I'm at the fraternity house, and I hear this horrendous voice coming from another room. Her- I mean, horrendous. And that would be Brother Weeze. Brother Weeze has a, has a very interesting uh, radio voice. But what he was saying, I'm like, Oh, my God, I've been doing it wrong my entire career to to that point, which was only about two years. And here's a guy on the air just being himself. He he wasn't putting on a a personality. He wasn't putting on a fake voice. He was just turning on a mic and yapping. And he was the type of guy that was exactly the same on air and off air. And you appreciate radio. so, So tell the people out there how hard that is. Most people, as soon as they turn off a mic, they're a completely different person. I'm different when I turn this off, but I'm getting closer and closer to being the same guy on and off air uh, after all these years. My little radio career from Geneseo, I started at a tiny station called CQ102, Hit Music and More in Geneva, New York. We played Anita Baker and Led Zeppelin, and I I did the late night shift, and and then I kind of meandered my way up to Rochester, and I actually ended up becoming... um, I mean, way low men on the totem pole. I was making not even $10,000 a, a year uh, at CMF. I was the jack of all trades. I did everything. And, and then I was able to actually hang out with Brother Weeze. You know what's funny? When I did his show, I saw what Opie and Anthony was, even though I, because they had the, the kid in the wheelchair. I think they call him Wheels. And then right. he had. Uh, yeah, Wheels the, the, is good. Uh, yeah, and, fun. Sam prefers little bites. Oh, what does Sam prefer? Little bites or Flintstone push-ups? <laughs> but I saw all of us around Brother Wee's. I go, okay, this is Opie and Anthony. This is what it was. Oh, like man. This- I, I bit off him. Yeah, so I, I you took that oh, foundation man. of what he was doing. We were all that's around what, him. That's what drove me nuts because Howard Stern thought that we were ripping him off. He thought everybody that had any type of success was ripping him off. I'm like, no, man. Wee's is my guy. And I explained it like this, Chad. Like, if you're in the creative field, uh, Jay just gave me uh, some, oh, Fiverr. Here's some O&A money. I still listen every night at my job. Makes my shift fly by. That is very cool. Thank you, Jay. Um, So when you go into a creative field, you have your influences, right? Yeah. You got to make sure you don't become a cover band. So you have your influences. 
And then you learn from that and then you make it something new and different. And that's what I was able to do. I do believe. Um, and that's the difference. A lot of guys don't do that. You know, there's a lot of guys live streaming right now. They're doing, they're just copying another live streamer. They're not making it their own. So they're right. basically just a cover band, man. Right. Um, but anyway, with the Wheeze thing, how we really bonded. Um, you're, you're not going to believe this, Chad, but when I was younger, I was a damn good looking guy. And I, uh, I believe it. And I had my way with the ladies. And, so did, um, same and, with me. And uh, <laughs> Brother Weeze was going through a very ugly divorce, and he was very, very bummed out and depressed. And I was having parties all the time because when we moved to Rochester, it was like we were just continuing our college years. And we just had a house where people were coming and going all the time. And so I would invite Weeds over to my house because there were pretty young girls there. And not that even he did it. I don't even know if he ever did anything, but, you know, he was going through a divorce, but he loved the action. And uh, that's how we bonded. And then uh, he really taught me how to do this radio thing. I'm going to put this out there right now. Listen, I know radio. I know you and Anthony and Jim and everything. Jim Norton is, and we, I like Jim Norton. He's been very nice to me my whole career. But when did Jimmy come on board, and how did you discover him? Uh, I, I think it was a mistake, to be honest with you. Now looking back, I think Jimmy's very, very good as a, as a, you kind of like we used to say a third mic. Um, we had we had the choice of every comedian in New York, and and I, I you know, I made some damn good choices over the years. I mean, I I picked Anthony, so hello. Um, but I also picked Jimmy when I could have had just named the comedian. They, I could, I had the pick of the litter and I picked him. And the reason I picked him was because me and Anthony simply stopped talking in, um, somewhere around, uh, I don't know, 99 or 2000. I tried to, I tried to actually quit. They wouldn't, they basically played to my ego and said, you're, 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 you're willing to give up millions of dollars and be syndicated around the uh, country. You can't just. You can't just uh, suck it up and, and deal with Anthony. I'm like, but we're not even talking. We don't talk when the mics are, are uh, the mics are off. And then uh, being a poor kid from Long Island, I'm like, ah man, how do you how do you give up on all this money, right? Mm -hmm. So then I, they said, is there anything we can do? And I got, I don't know, this guy Jim Norton's been calling the show. I think if we hire him full time, he could be kind of a bridge between me and Anthony. Uh, just, a, I mean, just a terrible way. Uh, to hire someone, to be honest with you. And, and, and to be fair, I don't think it was fair for, uh, to Jim Norton uh, either because, you know, he was hired in, and put in a really bad spot from day one. And he was the third guy. And then, uh, you know, um, him and him and Ant got close, and then I got kind of pushed out. What do you think the peaks and valleys and the heights of O&A together were? Like, like, at what point do you, like, you guys were unbelievable? I know it, but I just want you to know, tell people. I think our best years, man, the Boston shit was great. And most people don't even know about our Boston stuff in general. They just know the broad strokes, but uh, Boston was awesome. Um, I would have to say uh, NEW, um, you know, we needed about a year to get our, our bearings. But I would say from like 99 to 2002 was the heyday of the Opie and Anthony show. And then you squeeze out from 2004 to about – 2006 or seven those were those were the best years would you agree yeah i was late to the ona game i was a howard stern guy like full disclosure
but I came I came around. Uh, I'm, I'm saying right now, people are loving you right now. You're like coming back. It's awesome. It's fun to watch. And everyone does. They, I know what Anthony was trying to do. Like he's trying to do a smear thing with you. And if you if you're smart enough, you could see through it. But when I did uh, Brother Weeze's show, well, can I, I actually can I interrupt because I mean, please. I, 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 this is why I like talking to you. You you give me tons of uh, uh, you know uh, thought starters here. Anthony's been trying to smear me for pretty much the whole time we did radio together. He was always trying to knock me down, which is the craziest thing because we had something huge. And he, and, and he continues to try to smear me. And I think more and more people, thanks for saying that, are seeing through his garbage. For me, I think Anthony, in my opinion, my opinion has gotten really sad. And I used to go on a show and he gave me a platform and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But I also see that he's wishy-washy. But as I see him like just kind of sink and go down and down and down, like, do you feel bad for him at this point? I, I wish... Uh... You know, Jim Norton talks about how they're really good friends and stuff. I, I really hope, I really hope that Jim Norton is uh, having some real conversations with Anthony. I really hope for that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I feel bad. I think I, I think I got to the point with Anthony where I have indifference, and I think that's a good place to be. Because you guys have like came together and made like history. Right. You have like I'm not here if it wasn't for you. Like I'm not here. Right. Whatever, what, what what this is, I don't know. It's nothing, but I'm like kind of inspired by this whole situation. And there's a lot of people like me, like that, right. who are bottom feeders. But you and Anthony came together at one point, and this became a thing with Louis C.K., Bobby right. Kelly, uh, Jim Florentine, whatever. So my thing is, like, with you guys, it's like, like, do you feel, like, compassion for one another? Even though I know Bobby, I know all the players in the game. I'm, yeah. I'm in it. I, uh, I mean, Anthony has said and done a lot of really crappy things, so it's hard. I'm trying to get to that place where maybe I have some passion for the guy, but um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know why he's doing the type of show he's doing. I don't know why. Now I say that knowing that I could be pumping up my stuff more and stuff, of course, but I, I'm to a point where. I feel like I did it. And I, and like I said, like I had a great meal and now I got the bread and some gravy and I'm just fooling around and maybe someday this will uh, become more. If not, that's okay. Um, hold on. This is another, another troll. The, tr the trolls, the show went off the air almost 10 years ago, but I don't know why Anthony, I've said it and I'll say it again. Cause we probably have new people. Anthony was, and I say was, and I mean was, was, was one of the funniest guys I ever met in my life. We had all the great comedians on the show, like you just mentioned. Everyone from Louis C.K. to Bill Burr to Dice to Patrice O'Neill. And there were days, a lot of days, he was funnier than all of them. And you could see it in their eyes. They were all intimidated by how funny the fucking guy was. And then, and then slowly but surely, he allowed this race crap that just bothers him to completely take over his his whole persona, and he and he wipes out being one of the funny the one excuse me one of the funniest guys in America to have these insane race discussions. So let me ask you, Opie, why didn't he just why won't he play what you just said? You gave him a compliment. You said he's one of the funniest guys in the room. Why won't he play this on his show? Why won't Carl and Rochester play it on his, on his show? Where you're like, he's the funniest guy in the room. They won't do it. 
uh, whatever, man. I, I try. Uh, I really try to speak from an honest place. Yes. Anthony was incredibly talented. I had no idea, for the most part, uh, his obsession with race. You know, every once in a while, pop up in the early days. And uh, let me ask you this: because there, there was always a joke, and it was always some kind of funny spin. And you know, I think you should be able to make fun of uh, of, of everything if the jokes are there. You know, some of the stuff that was on the show I didn't like personally, but uh, you know, I, I had to accept it. And then uh, slowly but surely, like it, it was more about race, and and uh, the jokes were gone, and he's just ranting and raving like a lunatic. And I'm like, why are you doing this? The guy could have had a, a giant stand-up career on his own. The guy could have had a massive radio show on his own. And all he had to do was just stay the course that made him one of the funniest guys in America. It's just one of those weird situations. Like, you know, I do Skankfest, all that bullshit. And it's just like people want you guys to come together, but I understand why you don't. Nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I get it, though. I get I'm it. Done. And it's weird because I don't know if people really understand what kind of show Anthony does on a regular basis. It's crazy. Yeah. Look at his Twitter. I'm like, who is this guy? And why was he hiding in plain, uh, uh, plain sight all those years? Can I ask you this real quick? Like, You were on the, uh, obviously, the, one of the biggest radio shows of all time. I was. Who was, <laughs> who was like one of the guests that you were kind of starstruck at like name one of them like you were like holy shit i can't believe this is happening um well there's a couple i mean arnold schwarzenegger was like i mean there are people that are so famous when you see them they they don't they don't look real yeah they just look like uh i don't know like robots or something you're like that whole that's arnold schwartz you know people like that i heard he's shorter in person yeah, he's uh, he's uh, yeah, he actually yes, I was I was definitely taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, you know, times a bitch, my muscles were better than his at that time too. <laughs> but Arnold, but he didn't intimidate me when he was on the show because he was kind of boring to be honest with you. Because a lot of those A-listers, they were very guarded by publicists and their people. So they weren't going to offer up stuff at all. They didn't want to get into any drama. They wanted just the basic questions. Um, so uh, one was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And famously, Ray Liotta freaked me the F out. And I don't know why. I was, I was staring at him. And I don't get intimidated by many people, but Ray Liotta intimidated the hell out of me. I don't know why. I felt like he was seeing right through me. I, I felt like he was looking at my really? soul. And at one point, I stopped talking, and Ray Liotta goes, hey, what's wrong with that guy? Is he sick? <laughs> that was the guy. Ray Liotta. I don't know why, but yeah, Ray Liotta freaked me the F out. And he came on twice, and I remember the second time, I'm like, I got another shot at this. See, people say, Ray, uh, see Welsh uh, Salty, Ray Liotta. And then I had a second shot at it, and the exact same thing happened. I I, I, I don't know why, because I'm not even a big Ray Liotta fan. We love nostalgia. Like I like. I was thinking the other day, I, I loved growing pains. I love family. It's over. You move on. It just You move forward, and you have those great memories. And ONA was a great memory. It right. really was. And you can't recreate it. Even if you guys came together at a skank fest, which I love Rebecca Trent. I love Big Jagor. I love everybody. It won't be the same. It just won't. No, nah, I, nah, I can't. I can't. I mean, I was really happy doing radio with Carl and Vic, and then – 
got kicked in the balls with that. Both those guys died within six months. It's just, it's been, that's weird. It's been, that's a, weird. It's been a crazy run, Chad Zumach. No, that's weird. Like, I think you were trying to discover yourself, do your own thing. And then and it was I know I, I've met Vic Henley. I know Sherrod. I, I actually met Carl. I know Carl. I know everybody. And it's so sad. It's it, it's sad for you. It really is. Chad, you know, and, did you say Opie and Anthony both suck? Come clean. No, it's just it. You guys are both annoying in a weird way. Like, shut the fuck. Who cares at this point? It's like, it, it's all respect. I like you. I really do. I, I promise. See, a lot but of people just- think that I have a I have thin skin. I mean, the people around me they laugh at a lot of this garbage I go through. I don't have thin. I don't have thin skin. I laugh at this weird shit. There was but a guy the other day. I, I'm putting the video together. I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel. He actually said that he knows me more than I know myself. And the people around me, they're like, I think we need to get even more security for you. I'm like, I know these people are nuts. How can you possibly say you know me more than I know myself? I only I only present a portion of my life to the people. Yeah. A por- you don't know much about my kids or my wife because no. you know I've left them out of this whole thing. And you're smart by that. And, and and so like the the most important thing in my life, I don't even talk about except in very broad strokes of my live stream. But then you get a guy that says, I know you more than you know yourself. <laughs> no, my, my whole thing with this whole thing is you gave birth to all these dumb babies, these Carl from Rochester's, these losers, these steel toes. And it's that's what bothers me. It's like you guys were the like the whatever the Mount Rushmore. And now you have to well, deal with this bullshit versions. Well, I don't, I don't respect guys like that, and I'll tell you why. Because obviously we were a huge influence on their uh, careers, and, and if they're going to deny that, they're lying to themselves. But I think when they're, when they're alone, we all have that alone time with ourselves where we really have to be honest and real to ourselves, right? They, right. they have to admit that th- we were a massive influence in their careers. So why then you finally get a platform, you turn around and, and, and obsessively beat up on one of the guys you were influenced by? That's that. I don't have respect for that. You know, you know, I never took shots at Brother Weeze. Are you kidding me? I had respect for the guy that uh, really taught me how to do this right. Matter of fact, and I, I'm going to give Anthony a compliment right now, which is very rare. Clip had, it. Clip it. Because he had to sign off on this. So when we were massively huge, they wanted to put us in every, I mean, not every, but. Uh, Marcus were come were were calling our name left and right, and they put us up and down the East Coast and in all these markets. And then it came to Rochester. They're like, "All right, we have a we have a property up there, a radio station up there, and we want to put you, uh, you know, we want to put you on in mornings." I said, "No, I'm not going up against my mentor. I am not doing that. I don't wow. need the money that bad. I don't need uh, those extra fans." And they were like, what do you mean? And I, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I have respect for the guy that truly taught me how to do this right. And then, you know, I believe I then took it in and made it my own. I said, I ain't doing it. And Anthony had a, a sign off on that. And I explained myself to Anthony. And he's like, yeah, man, absolutely. I get it. We're, we're, you know, and we went to the company. And we're like, if you want to find another shift for us up there, we'll do that. And I bel- I don't remember anymore, but I think they ended up like just throwing us on at nights or something like that. And we didn't get the big high uh, exposure show because I wasn't going to go up, get up against Wheeze. I, I don't want to compete with the guy. Fuck yeah. no. 
You don't do that. Yeah. So then when this asshole Sam Roberts, who I showed the ropes to, it comes full circle. There's the only reason he's on Sirius XM is because I really took a chance on the guy, gave him – I taught him how to do it. I, I was there giving him shows and opportunities left and right. And the first chance he got, he stabbed me in the effing back. That's why he's, he's garbage. The guy is complete garbage. You don't do that. You simply don't do that. And if you believe in yourself and, and what you're capable of doing, you know, that you'll find another, another avenue or another, uh, another show you could do. Steel Toe said multiple times, ONA was a huge influence. Then why did he take stupid shots at me? He's not a smart guy. He's not. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. He's like, uh, let, let, we'll use the analogy we're talking right now. He's like a JV boys high school player playing against NBA players. He just right. jumped himself in there because right. of the internet. He he can't handle this. He doesn't get it. But I, I don't have respect for that. No, you if shouldn't. I have a big influence on you, then you get a platform, and then you're going to try to knock me down. What the f is that about? There's plenty of other people you could you could go after. Because he's pandering to Anthony and Iraq and that that dying show and that that network. And by the way, it is dying. If you don't believe me, if you think I'm pandering to Opie, it's not. I've been saying this without Opie forever. Go on fucking Kevin's show and listen to me. Go on my show and listen to me. Compound Media is dying a slow fucking death and that's a fact and well, it's not what, even like i don't i'm not kissing up to you at all you well, don't have this beer obviously because one of my vegetables is now uh, sticking up for me don't you hang up on me chad you can right. handle this chad are you telling us that you've never taken shots at opie <laughs> no opie and i talked it was just i got caught i, I drank the kool-aid i got caught up in anthony's shit to be fair to chad uh, well, we finally worked out that he was going to come on my live stream. That was a couple months ago, and you gave me a great episode of my podcast. It's one of the, you and Radio Gunk uh, really moved the numbers. But uh, oh, there's the sunset. Um, but to be fair, one of the first questions to Chad was, you know, what the f, Chad? And we we worked through it, and you were honest and open. Yeah, and said you got I, caught up in the whole thing, and, and I, I even said that eventually you'll turn on me again. No. I don't like I just felt at the time like I was a part of something. And then then you realize this guy doesn't give a fuck about you. And I'm like, okay, well, I just shit on this guy for no reason. Like <laughs> Yeah, I, but but then you explained a little further today that I kind of blew you off. And I do remember blowing you off. Uh I don't know what was going on that day. Maybe the guys didn't want to talk about basketball. It's I, fine. I, I have no idea what it was, but I definitely said no that day. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's we. It's 2023. We're fine. We're good. What happens to Sirius XM when Howard dies? Is is it done? Uh, yeah, of course it's done because, um, you know, I, dude. I, I mean, I, I guess I could have a little better camera and a little better microphone, but anyone could set up now. The the deal was back in the day, you you, you couldn't just set up and do a podcast or a radio show. So, yeah, it's over. It's absolutely over. No, it's just, they, it's, just, they just fired 500 people very recently. I mean, that's that's a bad sign. And then the people in the know that I talked to in the finance world, they're like, that's only the first that's only the first strike. They're going to have to do a lot more if they if they're going to survive in the coming years. No, I used to get so pumped when I walked in there, like going I, I would go on Bennington. I would right. go on Pete Dominic and. 
I would I go on all these shows and I was so excited being there, but it's just like, what is it now? I don't know. They got rid of a lot of the shows. I, I'm I'm absolutely amazed that Jim and Sam still have their show. I'm absolutely amazed. People are talking about MLC podcasts and, and all these other uh, live streamers and stuff way, way more than Jim and Sam who are on a giant platform. I don't know, Sam. I met Sam Roberts twice, and it was very forgettable, and I have nothing against him. I really don't. Right. I understand your situation. But with me, it was just like, I understand what they're doing. Like, they got bills to pay. They're doing what they're doing. Oh, whatever. You- but I'm just amazed that the company is sticking with them because they're not they're not moving the needle, that's for sure. Yeah.